0: Curiosity on Dublin City FM.
1: We're here, we're queer, get into it! I'm James O'Hagan and this is Curiosity, proudly presented by LGBT Ireland, the national LGBT support service. Whatever's on your mind, LGBT Ireland's Helpline volunteers are here to listen seven days a week on 1800 929 539. Coming up on the show today, as we're off to a quiet start of the year, Podrick and I will be going through some of the pop culture moments uh, that are making up this week in our round- Roundup. Uh, we're going to be joined by Jenny Maguire, one of the organisers of Trans and Intersex Pride Dublin to chat about the impact of Ireland's current model of care on the lives of trans people, the importance of solidarity between social movements and how good it feels to be yourself. Longtime LGBTQI plus community organiser Karini Murray will tell us about her new venture, Conscious Connections, including details of a wellness retreat for LGBTQ plus women and non-binary people taking place later this month and we're doing something slightly different with Reeling in the Queers as we revisit the life of flamboyant black queer Nashville born trans soul singer Jackie Shane a pioneer of LGBTQI plus visibility who lived authentically as a trans woman who packed out nightclubs and topped the charts in Canada in the 1960s but mysteriously disappeared in 1970 but before we get to any of that he is the new year to the new me Podrick Wilson McCarthy here we go again
0: (laughs) here we go again New Year cheer although do you know what I'll be honest January rots me
1: oh here I'm a a bit yeah so I'm trying to
0: bring the vibes here now as best they can but I'm, it's
1: difficult yeah absolutely I'm trying to live in the moment I'm trying to yeah. live with peace and grace but the the the, the greyness is getting to yeah, me and I need something special to happen
0: I think that's January though isn't it really yeah. as in general because you're coming off the back of Christmas which is so gay right yeah,
1: absolutely and then you're,
0: you're in January and it's, it's just you know it's a bit blue but look actually we were just discussing there before we came on air it does feel like there's a little bit of positivity going on. Yeah,
1: I feel like as if people have just been, are are kind of fed up of the last couple of years of like the the downness and the negativity. And I think that people are bringing their best selves into 2024. And God knows we could do with it. Because against the backdrop we're currently living against, I think if we can find a bit of light for ourselves and have a bit of joy, perfect.
0: I think so too. I think you're dead right. I think that's what we need. Yeah. Positive vibes only.
1: Positive vibes only. But the best uh, we can. The best we can. And, and in that vein, uh, we're going to be looking more at some pop culture moments this week in the news because we haven't really got a huge amount of queer news, which is which is great. Which is but great. But yeah. First things first. We have to do. <laughs> which is great. Which is great. <laughs> There's no bad, There's news, no bad girls. news. Yeah. Well, I mean, there might be. Don't don't trust us on that. But yeah. first of all, we need to give snaps for snaps for Estonia yeah. who legalized uh, gay marriage on the first of January, twenty twenty four. Fantastic news for the yeah. Baltic states.
0: Well, Way to start the new year!
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's now, great. Go on, on out there, all you um, all you Baltic men, and get yourselves married.
0: <laughs> oh, come on over here and <laughs> get married to me. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It's great news, and as you as we said, it's great, uh, a lovely positive. Let's hope that 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 continues into Absolutely. the new year. That's the vibe we want. new year, more yeah, gay marriage. Totally started off in a positive year. Anyway. <laughs> um, other than that, though, there is loads of pop culture bits going on behind the scenes. It never stops, really. And first of all, I want to talk about Sophie Ellis it, She
1: uh, revival. Rev- Revival. And a revival
0: and a deserved revival too actually right because her song Murder on the Dance Floor and I, I, do, I feel like I say this all the time but I'm going to say one of my top five favourite songs of all time
1: <laughs> You can have 15
0: to 20 yeah, top five favourites yeah, yeah, I mean yeah.
1: it, it's It, it changes it's like It's yeah. uh, It's gay math. <laughs> yeah. Gay math yeah. is having 15 top so five favourite songs
0: Murder on the Dance Floor is tipped to re-enter the top 40
1: I I mean it is a, it is a a, a bop. It's yeah, an iconic it bop. Is, and it, it deserves it's, it. It's
0: almost timeless. But what is
1: what is bringing well, this?
0: Twenty three years after its release, it has featured in Saltburn, which obviously has taken. I think it's taken the world by storm this Christmas. Obviously, the movie came out like two months ago, but it came out on Amazon Prime uh, just before Christmas. And when people are at home and they're looking for something to watch. They they've all been looking now, for I a boy haven't,
1: Barry. I, I haven't gotten around to uh t- to watching it yet. Would you recommend it? I really would. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm starting to blush this morbid, well, am I? Oh, no,
1: you are, you are, yeah, absolutely. Funny. You and your Barry. It's, it's... Do you know do you know what it
0: is? It's just it's a <laughs> me and my Barry. Um it's a really good watch. It's a great story. The acting is very good. Barry Keoghan's accent is a little bit questionable he's meant to be from Merseyside yeah. right but I'm going to forgive him for that and I'm going to say I think I prefer him to Jacob Elordi but that's besides the point right <laughs> Um it's a great watch it's a great movie I don't want to give too much away but at the end of the movie in the final scene right Barry basically bears all and while he's doing so he's parading around this mansion this gorgeous mansion um in the nip and uh, murder on the Dance Floor is playing, and as a result, it's just now the the, the soundtrack for the whole movie is very good. But it's it, just it, cheeky that kind early,
1: it's that early noughties kind of exactly. like bubblegum pop exactly. kind of. Yeah, exactly. I no, think it's definitely. set
0: around two thousand and six, two thousand yeah. eight, and it's all that those lo- those brilliant bops the cheeky girls are in. There's loads of great music, but anyway. Uh, Murder in the Dance Floor features it's the very last track on uh, in the movie and it's just taken off and it's like do you know what Sophiela Spexter is now being like uh, there's a new generation of people uh, appreciating her music
1: She had like a sort of a a lockdown revival where she was doing her lockdown disco so she is having a great couple of years She
0: is She is and like since then like there's obviously all this like talk about her Uh, it's been revealed that she's working on new music which no one's going to complain about I saw her she did um, a gig in Dublin the year uh, one year after um same sex marriage was yeah. was, was um, brought in or whatever and uh, she was about 15 months pregnant at the time and she absolutely left no crumbs <laughs> so I'm excited for her to come oh, back Absolutely
1: we will be yeah. looking forward to her Obviously the hoopla will be calling and oh my God, uh, all the gays be sure will be of over there She's the going to
0: be on that pride circuit this summer <laughs> believe it or not uh, From one come back to another Okay, it is Now this is a rumour but you know I love a rumour
1: allegedly, allegedly Allegedly
0: Allegedly our queen Britney Spears is coming back. She's working on new music and apparently she has enlisted the help of Charlie XCX
1: oh the internet's favourite weirdo yeah the internet's favourite yeah. weirdo and I
0: just feel like it's, it's a match made in heaven
1: yeah it is yeah, it so, is
0: so media outlet Popgrave I don't know if you know Popgrave I'm obsessed with them they always always loads of rumours but like they tend to be true yeah actually correct they just had the information before anyone now, else I
1: did see someone pointing out that nothing has yet come of the pictures of Charlie XCX and X and Robin that were hanging out a year or two ago so people yeah. are saying it could be all just it, look it could be right So so
0: Pop Crave have reported that she's working on new music and she's enlisted Charlie XCX as we've said right what they've said is we've been told that while the two are yet to meet Britney gave pointers on what she wants the music to be about work has been going on behind the scenes for quite a while to gather a series of killer songs to bring Britney back with a bang she's known as the biggest pop star of the 21st century so there's a great pressure
1: on her She really has to come back with something amazing Yeah
0: no like she can come back and it not be an absolute slay.
1: yeah no it really it really can't be like it has to like she has to out pedam Kylie
0: that's it you see and I mean <laughs> Kylie, Kylie was padamming all, all year yeah. to to be able to do that now is going to need it's going to need something
1: major yeah I, right? I do and I mean she'll need new choreo as well people she will, will be wanting to see Knives yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah Yeah Snakes, step away from the Instagram card. It's
1: basically going to be what's that, that sort of Japanese cuisine She you needs to like it?
0: Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yeah. Soleil
1: Cirque du Soleil Cirque uh, du Charlie
0: they also said Charlie has a great track record when it comes to writing clever pop songs She came up with a really strong track that is expected to make it onto the album which Britney is hoping to release in 2024 So we'll have to wait and see but um, it's looking all signs po- pointing in a positive direction
1: Okay right we're, we're, we're loving Where are we going next in our pop culture tour of the world? Well
0: we've got another icon from one gay icon to another but this one is a relatively newly inaugurated gay icon newly
1: minted gay icon yes
0: Gypsy Rose Blanchard
1: please explain this (laughs) I actually don't know like honestly so what's happened?
0: I just thought that, that everyone knew who she was right but it actually turns out that a lot of people don't really get it so Gypsy Rose um, has she she is this girl from America she was um, in prison for the last seven years for the second second degree murder of her mother right um, her mother had munch, uh, Munchausen Munchausen was syndrome yeah. po- by proxy which means that she would like um, she would exaggerate illness and th- that's basically what she did with Gypsy so Gypsy grew up um, believing that she was way more gravely ill than she actually was. It's
1: just like The Fault in Our Stars or are, are one of those. Very
0: much those vibes, okay. right? Um, but Gypsy anyway um, got with this guy and they murdered the mother and she went to prison for it. She's since been released just after Christmas and she has become not only a gay but a global icon, right? I, and I don't want to glor- glorify murder here. <laughs> I don't know how she's done it. Who's working behind the scenes for her? But uh, how did she connect?
1: Like, what connected her to her new queer fan base? I
0: suppose people felt like she was the victim, really. Because we all want to slay mother? We all want to, sl-
1: <laughs> we all want to slay mother.
0: Exactly, right? And sh- she's been released since then. Like, she got married while she was in prison. Uh, the person that she killed her mother with, which is her, ex- uh, her ex-boyfriend, ex they're no longer together. She's got married to yeah. another guy in there. Um, they're giving... Everyone exactly like they're having what they're doing is they're packing on the public. PDA yeah. online so like they're, they're having these like private conversations online she's got over 5 million followers on Instagram alone um, there was cameras there her husband had hired a camera team to come to film the um her her leaving prison there, there's loads of Gypsy Rose content to come and I'm like hook it to my veins and yeah, I don't know I, why I
1: just I, I need to I, I need to like sort of sit with myself and see how, how I feel because it's all very very unusual it's I, all I'm like, very bizarre it's sort of, it sort of reminds I mean uh, not to the same extent because like murder is considerably worse than any sort of like drugs offence but do you remember the Peru 2? Like yeah. The similar kind of <laughs> No, They
0: were gay icons. Uh,
1: well, yeah. No but this is it it's like what what is it about us that like, yeah. that, that, that we get attracted to, to sort of we, you know look, we, uh, lo- we love femme fatales exactly. although I don't know it's like Gypsy Rose Blanchard is a bit like femme fatale by TK Maxx like we, she's We love you
0: know, a true crime we love a true crime and we love we love um, we love an underdog don't we? We do love an underdog and we love a victim ma- vict- victim mentality Absolutely So so we got all that wrapped up in one. <laughs> Gypsy Rose Blanchard
1: is in for twenty twenty four. Look, we have about a minute before we have to finish up. The most important question is: Are you watching the Traders?
0: I am glued <laughs> to the Traders. I am glued to it. I didn't watch it last year. Um also, loads of LGBT representation. Yeah, we're loving right? it. Yeah, we're, which loving we're, it. we're loving And the gays are slaying, might I say? Absolutely.
2: In it. Um, Absolutely.
1: So we're,
0: we're very good lawyers. No, we are. Uh, I've, I actually. Um, watched all three episodes the first day it came out on Wednesday because it was so good.
1: Well, I am I, doing the night-by-night. The, the, the night, I have yeah. to say, I am bought in. Absolutely bought in and it is going to be a great season. Yeah, if
0: anyone is looking for something to get into in January, yeah. I would highly recommend it. With no spoilers, but it's
1: absolutely outstanding and I have to say you will be as sick of us talking about the traders as you were with <laughs> us talking about Girls Aloud and their reunion tour <laughs> last we ain't year finished with that one, yes. Tra- to the traders are 2024's Girls Aloud now look coming up later on in the show we are going to be talking to Jenny Maguire one of the organisers of trans and intersex pride but before we get to that I am bringing you the best song ever written about a pot of jam and the drama <laughs> that it can cause it is Shakira's buzz rap music Sessions Volume 53 catchy title get into it Jenny McGuire is one of the lead organisers of Trans and Intersex Pride, an organisation primarily focused on trans liberation, including swifter healthcare access and safeguarding the rights of safe the rights and safety of co- the queer community, but also actively working in solidarity and resistance against all forms of oppression, with a focus on issues such as housing, migrant and sex workers' rights, and ensuring every single person on this island is free has a free ability to live their lives freely and safely. Jenny, thank you for joining us in a, an intro that I mangled. How was, are you? It was
2: beautiful and you got to it. I'm very proud of you.
1: <laughs> I will be seeking assistance afterwards uh, for my for my, my vocabulary. You need to
0: work. On this that these and I do indeed, I do
1: indeed. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so trans and sex pride is emphasising the need for a complete societal change. What does that look like? Tell us about it. Yeah. In, in a, an easy, understandable 12 o'clock on a Saturday kind of mindset, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. <laughs> um,
2: there's nothing quite like it. Everything we do is for 12 o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah, so we very much believe that you can't take issues regarding trans people and our safety and our liberation in uh, in isolation. You have yeah. to look at it in a broader picture. Um, when you do that, you get great initiatives uh, that really help people on the data Today, but ultimately it doesn't assure and make sure that trans people are protected in the long run. Um, it, that's how you get. Uh, it results in a world that, you know, liberation is the pretty trans girls in a low level office job wearing a rainbow lanyard instead mm-hmm. of like living freely and openly, no matter how you present or no matter how you are. because. You know the world is not built for trans people.
1: This is the thing, and it kind of—I mean, like—if you look back to like the the '90s with kind of the the gay rights movement, there was an idea that kind of ultimately what we were looking for was acceptance, which is that we could, you know, exist in society defined, as, like we could as defined by cis hetero people. They would create what sort of the the mold would be, and if we would do that, then we'd be okay. But this is more about like, no, we want to be able to just hundred percent unapologetically be ourselves.
2: Absolutely, and like when when we don't do that, it it's naturally exclusionary. to only a certain kind of queer person, uh, if you're disabled, if you come from a lower income background, uh, if you're a person of colour, like your odds are stacked against you. And so and they're just spaces that you're never able to access. Mm-hmm. And so you are left behind in the fight. And so uh, there's truly no liberation for any of us unless we all do it. I only want the plough and the stars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, the changes that, you know, that the group envisions
2: yeah.
0: Um how how could these changes, I suppose, c- changes contribute to the overall well-being and the safety of the trans community, but also the intersex community?
2: Yeah, and um, I don't think you can have true safety or true uh, good well-being of mm. uh, the trans and intersex community uh, without pushing for a complete system change. Um, we are trying our existence is in opposition to uh, a world that just wants everyone to you know make the make the big bucks for some people mm-hmm. and then you get a fraction of it um and so uh, you can't that's no way to live a life it's no way for any of us to live a life it doesn't matter where you're coming from or what your background is and um, your safety is conditional if you can do that. And,
1: I mean that that's kind of something I suppose to get into next is like your, your overall campaign is bodily autonomy for all is a big part and yeah. a big part of what you are, are are sort of like moving towards and that comes I suppose from the fact that our transgender sort of health system is really not fit for purpose and you know has been you know quite uh, I suppose been vetted as such but at an EU level so I suppose how would a change in that model to that GP-led sort of thing how would that change the experiences trans people
2: yeah it just puts trans people in charge of their bodies it would just give us the opportunity to be respected for who we are and to be respected as people uh, that know what they're about and what they want you know uh trans people are medicalized in this country we still have to get mm-hmm. diagnosed with mental illnesses to in order for in order to get health care which is crazy and you know anyone in this country that is treated like a sick person quote unquote they're not viewed that they're able to look after themselves and that other people know best we're like I knew I was trans from such a young age and I knew I was trans from the moment I signed. uh, I knew when I was trans when I signed up for the waiting list for uh, the National Gender Service and I was just as trans when I got my hormones. Uh, It's the current system benefits cis people's state of peace of mind rather Mm -hmm. than the actual people at the heart of it.
1: I think we do as well have a, a, a habit within society of sort of infantilizing people who are kind of, you know, pushed a bit more to the margins. It obviously happens, say, with the trans community where you're kind of told, well, look, you might think this is what you want, but we know better. It also happens with older people, with people of color, people from like lower Socioeconomic backgrounds. There's a kind of a middle class mindset of we know better. Kind absolutely. of, that can sometimes yeah, creep in. It's, an, it's it just,
0: an ignorance, isn't it? Really, as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Uh, so you, you mentioned there, I suppose, about about going on the waiting list. The waiting list can be anywhere from like two to ten years to get an appointment in with the the, the national gender service. I mean it's sort of apparent why that might be an issue for a trans person and sort of how that might withhold someone but how would that impact on a person's experience or life that like extreme waits for for access to care
2: yeah i mean like i just to speak from my own personal experience i signed up for the waiting list when i was 16 i wasn't put on it until i was 17 uh i had to go through like three more years of a testosterone based puberty uh which has caused irreversible changes um so many people that now, uh, the, that two to ten year waiting list obviously sounds like um, an insane gap in the number, uh, mm-hmm. but those numbers come from the um, the two years comes from the National Gender Service uh, website where they say they are taking patients uh, from the three and a half year if they've been on the list three and a half years. Uh, but the Freedom of Information Act uh, that said the number of people on it reveals that, you know, if they're only doing 50 people a year and there's a thousand people on it, it's going to take a while to, for people to actually get seen. Um, and so that is the reality and so that stops you from being able to to get a job to get an education to uh to hit the same milestones as everyone else does in their life and it's completely ridiculous this is an issue that can be fixed overnight in a way because uh then there's are overnight in a way if trans people are just taken at their word that they actually know themselves and that they deserve to have control over their bodies
1: yeah absolutely
0: jenny recent reports are showing that you know the far right are having a far greater influence i suppose in irish society than than they used to and like they're targeting asylum seekers refugees and particularly the lgbt community as well how can how can we challenge these far right narratives and protect the rights and the safety of of the community
2: yeah i think on a fundamental level you know how people are demonized is that their humanity is taken away from them in order to create a scary boogeyman around them and so i think sharing the stories of actual trans people and how they live their lives you know most people don't know a trans person uh mm. it just completely obliterates that mm-hmm. like yes i do lot of activism stuff but also i shamefully uh like to do comedy and i like mm. to uh walk my dog pebbles and i like <laughs> yeah. to uh just live my life and go out like any other 21 year old and that's that's
1: actually something that i think that when kind of you're at the coalface face of having to like fight for your right just to exist as you are it gets sort of broken down into like constantly being in this like real combative militant place and you lose the ability to able to just show the like full complexity of who you are mm-hmm. so like i i was listening to you on i think it was a juvenalia podcast talking about like your love of RuPaul's drag race and all of that representation and it's just like you know i so suppose that's a kind of like an off the cuff question do you think if you hadn't been trans you would have been attracted towards this kind of activist space or would you just be kind of more like i'm just going to be off living my life freely like so many other people get to do without having to worry about how your identity intertwines with ongoing culture
3: <laughs> absolutely
2: uh i obviously it's a complicated question uh, but i've always been uh, a very emotional person an empathetic person uh it's hard to think of a world that like I'm not trans because mm-hmm. me being trans it, it it I go into every room and I am trans I go into every space and I am trans and I make sure of it that everyone is aware of it because uh it's it would be nicer if I just kind of kept going and kept and just kept going on with my work but You know, I fought to be trans and uh, I, as a very empathetic person, I think if I wasn't, I'd still uh, be (laughs) shouting and screaming because I just want the world to be better.
1: It's interesting to hear you say that, actually, because I'm... So a big portion of the work that I do within within LGBT Ireland is working around end of life in the queer community. And we've done a number of um, death cafes, particularly with older members of the community, who have this, like, absolute pride in the fact that they are the first generation of, like, out queer people who have created those milestones and now we're kind of creating what it means to like die or reach end of life as a queer person and there is a pride that comes in that like even if it is hard it's like that journey is I suppose it's so personal but it is also incredibly rewarding
2: yeah that's it's a testament to your existence and your defiance you know the world's not made for queer people it's made for a very it's made for a person that can do these tasks and then uh, die <laughs> and so, like, to do everything and to live a life uh, exactly how you want to is—it's yeah. radical. Yeah, and, but and it like
0: living out no regrets as well, isn't that Absolutely. true? Absolutely. Know?
1: yeah yeah totally. uh, the, I suppose the last thing I wanted to come to you about was you know b- b- there's lots of different we get to live in, live in, in a world full of unprecedented <laughs> challenges <laughs> yeah, like, that, that not that word um, and you know the, it, we have seen kind of the, the emergence of so many different movements that are challenging unfairness and uh, I suppose like atrocities around the world in the last kind of couple of years and like one of the core messages of Trans International Pride has been one of, of solidarity. And we've seen great examples of that, with, like, say, the L'Kaley rally uh, rallies earlier in the year and people standing shoulder to shoulder. So what would you say to people who kind of feel like as if we should just be focusing in on those people who are kind of only looking for our, looking out for our particular rights rather than kind of being like, no, it's about a vision to change the world for everyone?
2: Well, I think it's you need to ask yourself, what are you fighting for? I think you need to ask yourself, like, do you, by your uh, oppression stop, you're not like liberating yourself. You are just switching the position in the system mm-hmm. that has hurt you and hurt people like you. And so I believe it's your job that as you, as we win rights, as we win our freedoms, that we look around and say, hold on, I'm not done. Because you can't just accept, if you accept me, you have to accept all of us and... It's important that to use that position and use your strengths and use your experience to make the world better for everyone and not just some of us.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think that's something that, like, particularly as I've become, as I've worked in this space over the last while, it's something that I'm so, I'm so acutely aware of because I could have a... Very sort of unchallenging existence, mm. where because I, as a white middle class cis gendered gay man, brave. and Paedric yeah. as well, yeah. we get brave. to be very brave. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know, and like it's it's
0: true though. You know what I mean? It's it's it, it's interesting what you say because. There is a certain, in ways, privilege, isn't there, that we we have that, you know, other members of the community probably don't have. And I I find, like, you know, we're almost celebrated now, you know. You go into a bar and the the girls are like, yes, 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 you know. And that's not the same across the community. And it's very frustrating for us as allies to the rest of the community that, you know, we're accepted like this and then our friends are not yeah Yeah.
2: and I think like often like you use the word privilege there and that's sometimes seen as a dirty word because you know we've all struggled and we've Mm. all had our fights and we've all been made fun of and teased and had all our own experiences but that's not a dirty word that's class Mm. well done Mm. but you can use that and recognising that and using it to make the world better for everyone is what you need
0: yeah because we're in a fortunate position I know you know and and like like you said we have obviously gone through struggles over the years but we also have a position where we can I suppose supposed to fight for our friends' rights and too. That,
1: and that gives you a unique perspective on the struggle of other and really should make you more compassionate and Absolutely. empathetic. Thank you so much for chatting us today, Jenny. We will let you leave. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you very much. Jenny, thanks <laughs> for coming in. Thanks <laughs> for letting us hold you hostage. <laughs> where, can, where can people uh, find out more about trans sex, intersex parties? And I know you guys are currently looking for volunteers as well. Yeah. So like, what can people uh, find out about
2: that? Absolutely. So uh, on Instagram, our at is at Dublin. Uh Stay in contact with us there. Uh, reach out to us, Do us. We're looking for volunteers for future actions uh, just so we can have a strong base of people that want to make the world a better place. Brilliant, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so Jay. much. Coming
0: up, we're chatting with Karina Murray from Conscious Connections about well being in the new year. But first, it's a 90s dance classic. It's If You Could Read My Mind by Ultranate on Curiosity. <laughs>
1: Karina Murray has worked and volunteered in the LGBTQ plus community for several years with organisations such as GOSH, h Queer Housing Co-op and Sporting Pride. She has a background in social care and health promotion with a particular interest in the promotion of physical activity with the LGBTQ plus community. Karina joins us now to chat about her new endeavour, Conscious Connections, as an events training organisation focused on inclusion, connection and the pursuit of optimal well-being. Thank you for coming to chat to us, Karina. Thank Thanks for having me. It's absolutely fantastic. Our pleasure to be to be one of our first ge- guests back in 2020. Twenty four, yes, new yeah, year, absolutely. new us, <laughs> yeah. And actually, on that like idea of the the new year, new me, this time of year, many people can be looking for a new way to connect with people or to take on new challenges. And Ireland is very lucky in that we have a huge number of LGBTQ inclusive sports clubs. But it's very daunting to take that first step into joining a new club, particularly if you maybe have not enjoyed the best past experiences when it comes to, mm-hmm. to to physical exercise and in particularly team sports. So from like your own experience, kind of like in, in your education, what are some of the benefits of sports participation, particularly for the LGBTQ plus community? And what are some of the barriers to maybe present LGBTQI plus people from from getting involved.
3: Yeah. Well, some of the benefits, I suppose, are the same benefits that, you know, even the general population mm. would get, such as, you know, the positive effect on your mental well being, you know, your lungs, your heart, you know, your bone density, stuff like that. So I suppose anyone can, can participate in sport and get those benefits. Um, but actually my particular area of interest is health promotion, and I would have done my thesis on the LGBT sports clubs and the perceived benefits to mental health and well-being that you'd get from you know, engaging with sports with them. And I can tell you that the benefits are many. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the main themes that came up was around love and friendships is, is what community members get from joining those clubs. So when you think about how unique those clubs are in terms of, you know, first of all, you're going to be in the majority joining a sports club yeah. and not, not yeah. having to suffer with that minority stress that we get from time to time. Um, you're going to have the peer support from people who have similar lived experience to yourself. Um, so again, peer support is highly underrated in terms of the, yeah. the positive effect it can have on us. Um, and when you join a club like that, you're going to be surrounded by people with similar lived experience to yourself. Um, and I suppose... I'm going to mention romantic relationships it's not yeah. generally the, the prime reason people join the clubs but there is no denying that there's lots of people who kind of do find a partner and you and start families with people who they meet through the sports clubs um, because it's that whole idea of meeting someone in an organic space yeah. I mean it's not on a screen looking at photos that have several filters on them it's not in the pub or the club where you're behind hiding behind alcohol yeah. you're just there kind of being yourself running around in your ga jersey and uh, <laughs> with your purple face and you're getting to know someone um, even on the French <laughs> Level as well, and yeah. you get to see how people engage other people, but there's just so many other advantages. Aside from the physical well being, it's that social piece and it's also that emotional support piece as well.
1: I, I like I a couple of years ago I joined the, the Emerald Warriors. It's sort of a rite of passage for, for, for I know. <laughs> I know for many, I many of them. The, uh, neither could I, to be honest with you. But for me, like I, I had never really enjoyed um team sports because of that stress that comes about when you're kind of not quite fitting in and you're forced to pay GAA as like an awkward, queer kid. And the connections and friendships I built through that, even though I ultimately felt that the competitive sports out of it wasn't for me I made so many meaningful long lasting friendships out of that that it really like crossing the threshold that first time was so difficult because of all those kind of like past experiences would you say that that's something that I suppose a lot of people would relate to
3: oh definitely I mean we all have nightmares going back to PE I think in oh, school <laughs> <Horrendous. laughs> Horrendous. But even just the language, I suppose, that people can use in sports settings, we know that that's actually still a major problem and people don't even consider that, I suppose, when you're in a non-LGBT club that they use certain terms that can be really offensive to someone. But I suppose, again, it's about when you go to an LGBT club, I mean, you do, those barriers are kind of automatically erased yeah. and you already know that you are going to be accepted by your peers there. And in particular, I suppose, if you're a member of the trans community, if you're non-binary, that you might have worries about coming out. You don't know how safe, how safe a space is until after you've already put yourself out. Out there, yeah, and and you explained yourself, even though I suppose, as we say, you never finish coming out, yeah. area. And um, but when you go to these LGBTQ plus clubs, I suppose you already know that they're going to accept you, yeah, um, and yeah. for the person that you are.
0: It's such a positive way to meet people as well, because there is an over reliance on the apps and yeah. also on having a drink, yeah, going to absolutely. a club. And how can you actually make a meaning meaningful um, relationship with somebody or connection with somebody when you're in a club? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. so those sports things it brings people together for sure, Karina. New, new Year, New Venture, James mentioned there in, in the introduction that you've just set up um, Conscious Connections. Can you tell us a bit about it and what it aims to do?
3: Yeah, so I suppose, again, you know, my primary interest is health promotion in our community and kind of providing more opportunities for people to connect in that way. Um, so I suppose I'll go back tell a short version of a longer story. But, you know, Christmas in 2022, I had a good friend who passed away just before Christmas. And then I always did a new year, a new meeting as well. And yeah. I guess I just kind of wanted to look for opportunities there around what I can do now. Um, around how I want to spend my days, how I want to spend my time and how I want to help people because we all, I mean, you, you can't deny it, you get a lot from helping other people. Yeah, there's no way around it. Um, so that's where the initial idea for Conscious Connections came from. But then I went away for the summer for three months, going through a bit of a midlife crisis as we all do. Mm. And then when I came back, I just felt so motivated to kind of create these events, create these spaces for people that want to Meet outside of the pubs and clubs, don't want to rely on dating apps and not necessarily just for romantic relations, for connections as well. And then I suppose ideas of retreats and um, there's going to be sober dating event coming up, just trying to be more organic and be yourself and um, to create events where I suppose you're more conscious of your time and more conscious of who you connect with, which is where the idea for the name came up.
1: Yeah, I, I actually think it's a it's a brilliant idea. And you are. I do think that you know we in our community don't necessarily have that opportunity to build friendships with each other kind of in a very natural way Mm -hmm. kind of like you maybe if you go to a big university that has a big LGBT organization you might be able to kind of build some friendships there. But for a lot of people that's not it so having those spaces curated for you that you can go into that aren't relying on the pub are so important you mentioned retreats just there uh, and you I know you're hosting a wellness retreat for LGBTQ plus women and non-binary people later on this month can you tell us a bit about what people can expect uh, and they're signing up for that event.
3: Yeah, so that's the 19th to 21st of January in Kilkenny. I thought, when do the gays ever go to Kilkenny? We might as well, <laughs> we might as well bring something there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a wellness weekend, I suppose. So it's going to incorporate things like meditation and journaling, because it's that time of year again as yeah. you say, and we kind of do want to go inwards a bit because we're hibernating. Then there's also going to be things like yoga, we're going to do a walk at the woodlands there, and there's a sauna. And what I thought was a jacuzzi was actually a cold water bath, but look, there's, there's health benefits see who's with there, brave there enough. as well, okay? Yeah, see who's brave okay? Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's that point, I suppose, it's two days but so a lot of time for internal work but also time to connect with others because again it's not all about just yourself and that well-being comes from the people that you surround yourself with and I'm hoping that people will leave this weekend having created some new friendships with people who might be on a similar path to themselves
0: On on that one the retreat who's that open to and um if people wanted to get involved or wanted to go to it, how could they how could they find out more information about it?
3: Yeah, it's open to LGBTQ plus women and non-binary folk in our community. Um and if they want to know more, they can go to my website. So it's just the initial K i e. or I'm promoting it now on social media on my Instagram page, which is Conscious Connections IE. Um, I did want to name the website Conscious Connections as well. It was already gone, but I spelled the word <laughs> conscious wrong so many times. I'm like, you know what? K-Murray, easier Look,
1: option. That's, it, it, you can't Because the risk of spelling that wrong, like there were too many variations of how that yeah. could go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, want to be doing that. Definitely. No, it's a, it sounds fantastic. I suppose like, uh, you know, people are very motivated at this time of year to mm-hmm. kind of take a Uh, to take a space for themselves and to like maybe start doing something new so what would you say to someone who might be listening now who is kind of like you know maybe visiting the sports clubs Instagram pages Mm -hmm. and like you know kind of like constantly googling stuff but feeling that fear of of actually sort of like crossing the threshold or taking that first step
3: yeah I suppose there's lots of people who have been in your position before is the first thing I'd say to that person and I guess it's sending that first email or making that first connection isn't a commitment to anything. I suppose you're just kind of kind of figuring out your own research or deciding what you want to do. But I would advise you that to think back on some of the benefits I just mentioned and what you're going to gain from it. I think there's that old saying as well around um, how growth only kind of happens outside of your comfort mm-hmm. zone. And if you feel uncomfortable in going to one of these clubs, it's probably a good opportunity for you to grow. Yeah. Um, and a reminder that all of the clubs, as far as I know, take on complete beginners. Absolutely. So like the front runners have a walk-in group every yeah. Saturday you don't have to yeah. run. I met people in Emerald Warriors, you know, they come from abroad and they don't even have an international rugby team and now they're playing for the the main team. So um, it's just to be conscious that you don't have to already be active in sport to join one of these clubs and just to kind of... Go out there. Put yourself out there and take the next step. Yeah, that's
1: fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, Lastly, quickly tell us before you finish up in a minute what you have coming up for uh, 2024 and where people can find out more. about KMurray.ie. We already covered that, didn't we? We did, uh, we did. But anyway, we can can cover it again.
3: Yes, on the (laughs) website, social media, contact me on LinkedIn. Um, I have a speed dating event come up at Dublin's newest uh, alcohol-free pub, Board 00 at the end of the month. And I'm also launching a women's self-employment Meeting which will start next Saturday the thirteenth of January, but you can find more about that on the website. Great, that and
0: we'll happen. make sure that we, we share yeah, all that
3: absolutely. stuff on our Instagram we'll page as well. If anyone's wondering, they fantastic! Can go
1: there. Thank you so much for chatting to us.
3: Thanks, Karina. Best brilliant. luck with everything. Thank you.
1: So, Padraig. What do you know about trans soul music legend Jackie Shane the, tran- the Toronto performer who broke barriers as a black transgender woman in the 1960s?
0: Okay, excuse me now, right? This is going to sound rude. Haven't a clue. <laughs> Never heard of her in my life, Jackie Shane. Know your queeros. I know. I need to. I need to. I need to start pulling my socks up, don't I?
1: No. So for, first off, I came across um, Jackie Shane a, a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly where, but I, the, the, she has a song which you play a clip from later called "Any Other uh, Any Other Way," and her voice is enchanting the song is beautiful I got into listening to her and then I started discovering more and more about her story and her identity and I really was just like this is someone who's a real unsung hero someone mm. who kind of was a trailblazer for visibility at a time when our community was not just kind of like lacking in visibility but was actively being kind of pushed out of, of things so I'm going to tell you all about it you're going to know everything in give me your know. active years there now so I can just so she was born in 1915 19- 1940 similar to yourself though, so yeah, okay, yeah. That so makes exactly, sense. So okay, yeah, so we, we kind of, Yeah, we, we actually, we were pen pals in our youth, <laughs> you know. Went <laughs> to school together. I, I see the set up, now I see the set up, the <laughs> architecture, the set up of that joke coming in. I said, like, why does he want to know what <laughs> years yeah, You born? should well, know. Me, you go. Go.
0: I didn't do it years than <laughs> you.
1: But no, so Jackie Shane was born in 1940s at Nashville, Tennessee. And she was basically raised as a queer child in the Jim Crow site. So if you aren't familiar with with what Jim Crow is or what it represents. It's essentially was a set of laws that allowed for African-Americans to be relegated to a status of second-class citizens and a legitimization of anti-black racism. So if you've ever watched kind of, you know, movies, if you watch like Forrest Gump yeah. or if you watch any kind of, you know, any of the, the stories of say Martin Luther King, that would be largely kind of what they were talking about. It was laws which had been in place, if I'm correct, from like the 1800s through to like the 1960s that basically, made black citizens in the south second class citizens is so this
0: Jack- is this like the rosa parks kind of type thing yeah had exactly. different places on I, the I, bus I, and that kind of thing I, yeah I,
1: I, exactly so um jackie shane basically was born in that time where kind of like her identity as a as a black person was making her a second class citizen hmm. but then also was queer on top of that but luckily she had an incredibly unconditionally supportive mother and she started dressing female when she was only five years of o- wow. when she was only five years old when no one else could see her only her her, her own mother but at the Age of thirteen, she started identifying as uh, as female and started like living her life. So in 1953, in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, going to school dressed in female clothes uh, and sort of like owning that female identity and had the support of her mother and also of her uh, and also of some of the people around her. But she became involved uh, then in the local soul and or and B scene back in the uh, in the, the kind of early 1950s, and she was sort of working alongside some of the like legends of that area so there's Jackie Wilson uh, which you'd know this, you may know the song mm. Love Keeps uh, Lifting Me Higher yeah. and, Oh my god uh, I love that song and Rit Petit uh, yeah. which I only remember as like a terrible someone on X Factor did an absolutely atrocious yeah. version of that and I, I, yeah. it always it always and Etta James of well Etta James uh, fame but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she was she was performing there in that circuit, but she was starting to feel the oppression of living in an environment where her identity as a as a black person meant that she was sort of pushed into second class. And also, just to mention that 1953, so at the time when she would have been 13, President Eisenhower banned homosexuals from working for federal government or any kind of private contractor. So her queerness as well was becoming yeah. an issue for her, and wow. she decided t- that she needed to get out of Dodge. And she was advised by a soul singer, Joe Tex, to to start like going in. There was like a carnival. Of soul singers that would travel all around North America and up into um, and up into Canada, and so she started like traveling around in this carnival. And eventually, uh, in uh, in Montreal, Canada, she was spotted by a a guy called I think it's Jim Motley. I can't remember his name off the, the top of my head right now. Uh, and he was like, "You're fantastic. You're coming to perform at me in Toronto." And that's how she landed in Toronto in the very early uh, in in the very early sixties and started kind of, I suppose, be- becoming a bit of a. Phenomenal- mm phenomenon really yeah. and, and I so wonder
0: was Toronto like I mean it was the 60s but was it a little bit more progressive was there more spaces m- well, for so queer it people was,
1: so this is one of the reasons why she specifically said that she moved to to Toronto was because it was marginally less racist so okay. there was laws in place at the time that that was like cross dressing laws in place at the time that meant that you could not wear kind of sk- men people individuals perceived as men could not wear skirts or dresses but she could wear makeup she could wear her wigs she could wear okay. pantsuits, and sort of like you know kind of feminized uh, versions of of male clothes and was able to like live a life very kind of you know We love a pantsuit like uh, We love look Hillary Clinton and Jackie Shane There you go There we go (laughs) the, the, The allies you need But so she was very much able to kind of like live much more as herself and she was able to um to get out or she was able to sort of uh, to be who she wanted to be in that space in Toronto she sort of very quickly uh, started getting involved in the burgeoning B scene and became sort of a bit of a revelation captivating audiences with her powerful voice and her glamorous stage presence and from there, I suppose, in 1962, she achieved significant recognition with her cover of a song called Any Other Way. That when you actually listen to the lyrics of Any Other Way, you hear that just by it being performed by her as a trans black person, you get this whole other meaning mm-hmm. to a song that was originally written about a, uh, about, a, about a breakup. So we're going to listen to a little clip from that cool. song just now.
2: say that you're my friend. I know why you're here. She wants to know
1: how I feel.
2: Tell her that I'm happy. Be sure and tell her this
1: Stage presence and her elaborate outfits and her captivating performances. It left like an indenible indelible mark on the Toronto lands musical landscape. But coming towards the end of the nineteen sixties it became there was a movement away from that kind of like jazz club and ORNB and, yeah. and Soul Club into more of a disco sound so the sort of the the format that she had been really successful in and that single did score number two on the Canadian singles oh, charts cool. but her her, her, her follow up single didn't do so well and in the early 1970s she vanished entirely like completely just disappeared and for no years way. nobody knew where she had gone and was so, it like
0: was it like it was seen as a crime or were people looking well, for her people,
1: people were wondering whether or was murder whether she had had a sex change and decided to leave uh, live elsewhere as as kind of like as her um, she so was like a, 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 kind of an unsolved mystery yeah. I guess. But what happened then was in around uh, kind of like coming into the sort of the mid twenty tens there was a bit of a renewed Stop. interest in her where kind of a, 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 I think a, a an audio documentary was done about her life and about kind of the disappearance of her a documentary called I think uh, where where is Jackie Shane or where did Jackie yeah. Shane go and with that renewed interest people started then looking for her and it uncovered that in fact that in the the early 1970s her father or her, her mother's husband had died and she had moved to Los Angeles to take care of her, her mother she said later that she had always regretted uh, the fact that she never uh, that she didn't just bring her mother to Toronto with her and stay living there but she stayed in, 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 uh, in Los Angeles until her mother died and then moved back to, to Nashville again like she had a couple I suppose like her her legacy really started to, to attract a bit of attention uh, when you came to um, getting into like the mid-2010s. So after that whatever happened to to Jackie Shane documentary was made there was a reissue of her album Any Other Way which was her first full-length album and it was released in 2017 and then was nominated for Best Historical Album at the 61st Grammys in 2018. And this sort of um renewed interest in her they, they managed to actually track her down and and she died in 2019 but they managed to have a couple what? They, they managed to have a couple of of I suppose conversations with her and kind of like get her perspective on this renewed interest in her and in her life and she said that like watching history unfold from the comfort of her 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 anonymity that she kind of realized that like while maybe there there was a the, while there was a, a kind of she was seeing the interest building up and around her and she said that she felt like she'd been discovered again and while it wasn't what she'd wanted necessarily because she'd wanted to be left on her own and she'd wanted yeah. to be on her, that she felt really good about being rediscovered and so she has passed away, as I said, in um in in two thousand in February of two thousand and nineteen. And subsequent to that, she has really like her her legacy has gone on to be sort of now thankfully far more kind of uh, considered. So the twenty third of June in in Toronto is now Jackie Shane Day. She has been uh, she's getting the recognition that she's absolutely her um she has had a heritage minute, which is kind of like a a Canadian way of memorializing important people in society created for her. Uh, in, in the last year and she is thankfully I suppose beginning to be more kind of remembered for the queerness that she had and she was um, and it's lovely to hear that song any other way and know that yeah. it can now kind of take its place alongside the amazing uh, queer yeah. catalogue of music that we have it's a beautiful slow set one for the end of the night yeah. I have to say <laughs> now before we finish up I've got to ask you how do you feel do you feel educated that was actually lovely did I leave any crumbs yeah,
0: no there's not a crumb left <laughs> this place is sparkling who had the Dyson out <laughs> no honestly that was really interesting I really enjoyed that
1: no thank you very much and now so we got to say our goodbyes and then we're going to finish off with we're going to we're, we're going to let Jackie play us out with her song coming down but first of all first show back after the New Year's we managed to get through it everyone in the production box looks relatively content yeah. so you know yeah. we're,
0: we're, we're happy out I think we're, cl- we're killing it <laughs> I think we? we are we're killing it in 2024 we're absolutely killing
1: it in 2024 yeah, this is it New Year, New Us we're all over the place so this of course has been Curiosity thank you so much for for listening to us, and remember, if you or anyone you know needs support, the National LGBT Helpline is here to listen in confidence and without judgment, seven days a week on 1800 929 539 And you can find out more about LGBT Ireland and the work that they do on LGBT.ie. But where can they find out more about Podrick and the work that you do? Well,
0: all of the work that I do is in usually the same places as ever. It's Instagram. <laughs> it was my my main baby, yeah. and uh, my handle is Podrick underscore WMC. So come over there, reach out. I'd love to hear from you.
1: And I'm James O O_H- underscore. Hagan, we love an underscore here. Come on over and let me know what you think of the show. Indeed, let us know what you think of the show by email: so at yeah. curiosity at dublincityfm.ie, and, and we've
0: got the dedicated the Instagram page Quir- as well
1: at curiosity radio on Instagram. Thank you so sure. much for listening. We in- hope you come back and join us next week.
0: We're looking forward to we're it looking already. For, we're
1: going to entertain you next week as well. <laughs> but now, playing us out in curiosity is coming down by Jackie Shane. Coming down. Coming down.
0: I'm coming down, down, down.